he's my hero. Like he's, he's, he's my mentor, he's my, he was my best friend, he was everything. We're an Australian community trying to build a beautiful mosque, a contemporary mosque. Why should this guy lose 1.1 million and I walk off? Like, it's not fair. Welcome to another Safi Bros podcast. We are so blessed and honored to have an amazing brother, Brother Hakan Elevli from Correct. Elevli Plus Architecture. <laughs> That's an award winning, mashallah, award winning, recognized internationally uh, with his architecture and done so many amazing things. He's even designed interior of boats. Uh, we'll talk about that later, mashallah. And he's really uh, big in design and in architecture. A lot of masajid. We welcome uh, amazing brother Hakan. Salam alaikum, Hakan. Alaikum salam, brothers. Uh, thank you for having me here today, and um, it's, it's been an honor. Uh, I'm pretty excited about this uh, this this event of ours, and uh, I've done a few, but not a podcast. And <laughs> I'm pretty excited, I have to say. We're we're excited. We're excited to have you here. Mashallah, mashallah. You're quite an accomplished brother, and you've done some amazing things within the Muslim community and within design and architecture. And I think we just want to start uh, yeah. early on in your success story of uh, Turkish background. Um, Turkish background. Born um, here or born, born, overseas? born, born overseas in Istanbul. Uh, um, you're immigrate. a wog. You're I Istanbulian. Am, I am. I am. <laughs> a full, a full, I'm proud to say I am a wog. A Muslim wog. <laughs> so, uh, we couldn't say that when we were young, could yeah, we? <laughs> no, no, we couldn't. Uh, thanks to uh, you know our success, um, uh, the, the community's success, we can like say these kind of things. Yeah, and, uh, amazing. And, and alhamdulillah, we can. Uh, we're here today to uh, to share these, um, you know, these amazing uh, my journey, and, uh, yeah. and and I've listened to a lot of the other journeys of the the, the previous um, people on the podcast. So it's been it's yeah. been quite good. And alhamdulillah, uh, alhamdulillah. So yeah, born in Istanbul, uh, back in 1967. It's getting old now. Inshallah. I can't believe um, um, that I am at this age, but it's been a, a, an incredible journey. Um, my parents um, were from. My father was um, a, a policeman. Uh, my mum worked in the, um, the the sewing industry, and wow. uh, they they've come here for a better life for a few years. So um, lived in Collingwood Housing Commission. Oh wow! Oh, wow. So uh, and what, what 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 level do you remember? Well, we were first in the smaller apartments, and when we came, we uh, so it was a three level apartment oh, yes, in yes. Campbell Street in Collingwood, and sure. then uh, went to uh, Collingwood Education Centre as a, in, in primary school. What? Sorry to cut you. Just what made mum and dad come? Because I. I know predominantly a lot of Lebanese came for civil war, but a lot of Turkish migrated to Australia, but for different reasons. They only came for to to, live, to come here for a few years, um, you know, save their money and then return. It was never oh. a full time. Like we didn't have, you know, we were fortunate enough to not to have a war or anything like that. Yes. But, uh, we didn't we didn't live the uh, the atrocities that some you know yeah. Islamic worlds are kind of unfortunately living, which is very sad to see. Yes, and, yes. And, and my heart goes to um to to our Palestinian families. It's really our heart kills does me. go out to yes. our Palestinian families out so, there. Uh, so and it's and it's very difficult for actually it's a very difficult time for us. Amen. Um and inshallah you know this would change um, as soon as possible. But Amen. we didn't have that problem. We actually uh, it was more of a, a monetary because my parents um again um, living in Istanbul. On very low wages, um, you know, my parents are my heroes to be able to leave everything, like everything, even comfort, because yeah. you know, technically they kind of were okay, but they left their families, they left their um, their their culture to come to uh, to Australia with nothing, like nothing at all. Uh, they didn't know where they were going, um, and they didn't wow. have they didn't have translators, they didn't have interpreters like they have today, they didn't have internet like today. Yeah. 
So life is so much more easier compared to when I think about it then. And and uh, look, unfortunately, I lost my father only a few two and a half years ago now. Oh, and um, and and um, he he's basically my hero. He said to me once, "Son, I wish I could give you more in life." And I said, "Dad, oh. you've given me everything. There's there's nothing more that you could give me." Alhamdulillah. Like oh, you know, for me, it's like my parents has sacrificed everything for for their family. And oh. uh, and um, you know, this is how something many siblings. Uh, just two. So I got a younger brother. Oh wow, two boys. Uh, we're two boys. Yep. So um, sure me well. and my and uh, my brother, and uh, we're um, you know, we close knit family. Uh, I've also got one uncle here with a, with a beautiful family as well. So that's our only immediate con- uh, family connection. Um, so yeah, so we came to Collingwood. Um, grew up in uh, the 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 Collingwood system. Let's call it. Because I'm, I'm, I'm so proud of it because I learned so much. Um, my father, uh, my late father, always, um, you know, loved fishing. So any opportunity, we used to go fishing at night at St Kilda um, Pier. Oh, wow. So we used oh, wow. to drive from Collingwood, to, to, which wasn't a big drive, yeah. obviously. But I thought, it was like, I remember this like yesterday. Subhanallah. And, um, and while my father was fishing, my mum was teaching my brother and, 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 um, and, and myself, um, you know, um, you know, Praying verses like you know the duas and the surahs and like so we'll we'll be learning that while my father's (laughs) catching fish for the for 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 the night and so um so it was it was an incredible um blessed um you know I think it's totally blessed uh, environment that I grew up in and um but then I also noticed um with myself I had certain you know educational um issues I, I couldn't remember things like you know for some reason my memory was totally shot like people would remember their Times tables, and I never could. Oh, wow. And then I remember my father, um, as, as a kid also, we used to go to Brighton Beach because he used to love the beach. And he used to, we used to, he used to bring, invite all these other families. And, and my father was very, um, very pro education, you know, religion, and everything else. So he would sit us all down and start, you know, asking mathematical questions. And I'm thinking, Dad, please don't, don't pick me up because I just don't <laughs> remember anything. And I, I mean, I've discovered now that, you know, I probably, you know, it's more dyslexic than anything else. I don't remember numbers when I'm reading. I don't have the the the, the mindset to to read oh, for a long time. But yeah, but yeah. Uh, not you know. But because I used to tell my dad like at the time that I'm really interested in like houses and how do we build these things and like I like modern things. So as we used to walk along the beach, I used to always talk about houses apparently. And then um, and then later on in life, I remembered actually talking about housing as well. Wow. And then um, one of our classes at at um, at Collingwood Tech was. Um, uh, drafting, which I loved. Like I used to actually, I used to do it so quickly, the drawings, and, and, and I thought amazing drawings. I'm sure they were okay. But uh, I used to do work for the others for like 20 cents like because they couldn't draw. So I used to do it for 20 cents, like <laughs> oh, 20 uh, cents a drawing. Side hustle. So I was, I was, I was working. I was, I was creating a so – you, fa- uh, uh, you found your calling. I did. And then, um, and then I actually um, uh, still remember like I used to sometimes pretend to be sick. And then go home so I can draw draw houses, and it was something that I really loved doing. Wow! Yeah. So uh, we used to have a um, <clears throat> a drawing shop not too far away. They still have all the pencils and all the. So I used to always go there to. That was my life, just to go there. We used to have a gun shop nearby because <laughs> back then you could buy guns and bullets like on the street. Yes, that's right. And um, and my friend used to say, "Let's go to the gun shop," and I said, "No, nah, let's go to the pencil shop." So they used to be in the gun shop. I used to be in the pencil shop. <laughs> so, uh, so there was something that was really like, uh, and when I think about it now, it's just so innocent, so so beautiful in, yeah, in, in yeah, itself. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, so um, I was good at um, 
I was doing cabinet making as well, like during you – know, it was part of the, the yes, classes. Yes, yes, part of the yeah, and, um, woodwork and – Woodwork and everything else. And I said to my dad, I said, I think I want to become a, um, a cabinet maker. And he said, no. He said, you can't become a cabinet maker. He said, you're better than that, son. Like, you know, you should – I really want you to study. I don't want you – because at that time, like some of my friends were even doing some little – part, like we used to – like they don't have it now, but the kids used to deliver newspapers to houses and stuff. Yeah. Like they, my, all my friends were doing that, earning like a little bit of money. I could never do that. My father wouldn't allow me to earn money because he said, son, if you earn money, you're going to get used to money, and I don't want you to get used to money. I want you to – Follow a passion, a dream, rather than because the money would come. Doesn't matter. Like you know, yeah, I'll amen. support you until you need it, and then from there on, you can do your own thing. Oh, so, um, so I was doing cabinet making. So he, he said, "No," he said, "I don't want you to do that." He said, "You have to aim high. You have to dream higher." But the funny thing is, year ten, or year, I think yeah, year ten came. We finished year ten, and um, our teacher said, "Okay, great, you finished school. Go and find yourself a job now." And I was really confused because I never knew the system, obviously. So I went back to my dad. I said, Dad, I said, you know, we're finishing year 10. There's no more school. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, there's, I said, there's nothing else. He said, well, we went back to the school with him. He said, what do you mean my, my kids finished year 10 and that's it? What, where's year 11, year 12? Where you? He goes, no, this is not a school for that. Oh, wow. You can't go and do that. Oh, and so that, that particular school's only to year 10 for then, tradies. Back tech, then, yeah, tech, 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 used, to tech used to be that, and oh, we didn't know. So tech so. used to be only year 10, yeah, because yeah, so. they're transitioning into the workforce. Yes. That's it. Yeah, so my father never knew that. He was so upset. He's like, you know, I could sort of see it, like not upset in an angry way, but upset in like, you know, as if he's been disappointed in the system. He didn't know. And obviously he can't speak the English. Oh, he, just, he, he just wants to be, be around boys, so I'm not influenced by girls and all this other stuff. <laughs> and, uh, Did so, that work? <laughs> well, I can't remember. I can't remember what, what how I was back then. Subhanallah, how how, how things pave. Like Allah Like if you put you probably in a school that was going to year eleven, twelve, you wouldn't be where you are today. Well, exactly. Because like, you Subhanallah never wouldn't have done drafting. Maybe. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So what happened then is, uh, but I was lucky because um, at that stage, um, now how there's uh, was VC. Now back in the day it was HSC, GSC, but yeah. HSC was for the kids that were quite you know. It would, going through the normal system, but people that left tech, um, they had an opportunity to go and study what they call TOP. Don't tell me that what, what it represents. I don't know, but it's a, it's a lower form of um, HSC, VCE that can allow you to do further further education. Okay. So, wow. so they, they tested me. They said, look, you know, you have to sit a test to get in though. Okay. I just managed to pass that. So um, so they said, okay, you know, we're giving you a position. So, um, so luckily I, I managed to do a little bit more TOP. But my mathematical skills and like it was just terrible. Like even if you asked me a mathematical equation now, I probably wouldn't know. Like you know, <laughs> it's, it's still terrible. Nine times nine. <laughs> we have something in common. Sixty. <laughs> so, uh, so these things like really affected me, and like it kind of like made me feel like you know I don't think I could I could do this like you know study wise. I just didn't think I could do it, and um, but I managed to eventually get into you know RMIT um, architectural, and I couldn't get in initially. Um, they because what you have to do with with RMIT, um, which is an amazing and, and that program still exists today. Um, they don't go by your what we call today uh, an ATAR score. They actually go by um, they you have to do a, a little folio drawing for them. They they send you a, a test. They say look you know you have to design this, talk about it. If you pass that, then you sit a um, interview. And once you get through the interview, you can actually study architecture. In my case, I couldn't do that. Like I actually did the drawing. I still didn't I, like I, I failed. Miserably, because because when I think about it now, it's actually embarrassing what I draw. Like I just, 
couldn't put two words together and couldn't draw, and I still can't write too well to, to be honest with you at the moment but um I'm just telling you all my negatives so you know, yeah, no, 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 that's so good. this is something that you know, no, that's good to know I want to know if, if, if there's any kids listening out there that yeah, you know, we all got a chance like we all got a chance doesn't matter there's a path and yeah, you know there's this path that we can't we can't let go of so I couldn't get in um I got into another course and uh, I went to, to to the architectural department I constantly bugged them I said look I really want to get it I really want to get in and they finally gave me the opportunity to do architectural design. Wow! And uh, but how old were you then? This is you know, eighteen. Eighteen. So wow. um, and then um, they said to me, I started, and again academically I'm not good. Like you know, I cannot tell you how bad I am academically. I'm not, I'm not good. And um, but my my other brain, my, the other side of my brain loves drawing. Like yeah, your design, your. You know, I, I remember I got into architecture, and we're talking with the. Um, he, he did this like this uh, perspective drawing and I can see it in different ways for some reason. Like my, my brain totally shows it in a different way. And I was just to argue with the lecturer saying, no, no, this is how you got to do it. This is, I used to get them confused because they used to start believing me in the way I used to explain myself about that architecture. But if you'd ask me to write a book, I can't do it. But so the drawing side of my brain works really well. My, um, my uh, writing skill is like is a lot better today, of course. Yeah, but yeah. like I'm talking, but it's back amazing. Then. It's amazing how Allah Subhanahu wa Taala gives us with different brains and different capacity. And yeah, Subhanallah, this is what we tell our kids: is that you have to find your own superpower, and Allah has given it to you. But I think it's sometimes oh. you got to go through the hard roads to yeah. notice that's that's not the right way. That's not the that's not me. Oh, this is the right I'm doing. Okay, great. Allah gives us everything. Like, and that's, that's another topic altogether. Like, you know, I can tell you so many things that Allah's given me that I thought I was failing. I thought this is not going to happen, but it actually happens. Like, you know, incredible stuff that that happens. Yeah, as long as the belief is in there, you know, your hunger is there, your belief is there. I Amen. think it's, it's it's impossible Amen. for things Amen. not to happen. But um, so yeah, from there on, I, I kept on trying to study and um. Mr. Lee, his name was, um, he actually pulled me up a few times. He used to make fun of me. He used to say, you're never going to become, you're never going to be able to do architectural design. You're never going to be able to succeed in this world. You should leave. Like, you know, why are you even wasting your time? And I used to say to him, look, I'm just passing. What does it matter, you know, how you think what I'm going to do? And, um, and the funny thing was, um, we, it's not funny, but like our third year, um, which is unlike today, we had to go and do work experience for a year or two before, you know, we, we can get to the next level. And um, everyone was applying for their, their positions. And, and, I, and I went and applied for one of the, the biggest firms at the time. And uh, I remember going there in a suit and, um, and my drawings and everything. I was like, as we call it, total wog going to a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and all the other people, at the, like it was a big reception. There was other kids there as well and they were wearing jeans and, you know, they were all casual. I mean, I'm the only one in the suit with a big, you know, black portfolio, portfolio you know. Yeah. So we sat there and um, so we didn't have no, no communication, yeah. no phones, uh, no internet, nothing, yeah. no emails, nothing. That's it. And, um, and we didn't have a phone at my house. We were the one of the last families to get a phone in the house. Wow. Like everyone, like, so my, the, when I went for the interview, they said, how do we contact you if we don't have a phone number? And I said, look, you know, I can call you if you want and let me know when I could call you so I can call you yes or no. And he said, okay, you call me on this day and we'll tell you whether wow. you're successful or unsuccessful. So there was no phones. So I had to go to the phone booth. Amazing. I still remember today. Was, I think it was at uh, Flemington. Um, I lived in Collingwood, but um, uh, I had a lot of friends in Flemington. I, I was in Flemington because it was like yesterday to me. And um, and then I had to make the phone call that afternoon. So you know, I had the I had the coins in my pocket, ready to make the phone call. 
Wow. But my um my uh the lecturer that we went into into the studio practice they said like he kept on asking like he had asked everyone who who'd you apply for and when I told who I applied for he laughed at me he said there's no way he said look you're not going to get that job like you're not going to get that position I said well we'll see like I don't know either but we'll see and uh, I I called made the call and I got the job oh, wow. Wow, and uh, so it, it was an exciting one of my first exciting moments of my life where oh. I actually got a position position working for a hundred. You know, dollars a day. Uh, sorry, a, a day. I wish a uh, hundred dollars a month. A month. A month. And it was intern, yeah. Intern, and uh, that's equivalent to probably ten dollars a month today. Like you yeah. know, it, it was it was nothing. It was it wasn't. You can't survive on it. it's just. Yeah. So I did that for a year, and uh, that was pretty good. And they liked me so much. Why said, Why didn't you accept what he said and and just yeah and just what what, what what was it in in you that something with me um and I think it's um. My my father, um, constant, and this, this is what I'm saying. He's he's my hero. Like he's he's, he's my mentor. He's my he was my best friend. He was everything. And um, he's um, he taught me to to survive. He said, "Son, you're gonna have a lot of boundaries in front of you. Like life is gonna be full of hurdles. You're gonna have to jump them each time they come." Wow. And he said, "One day you're gonna realize that you're always jumping hurdles, and it doesn't make a difference. You're gonna jump another hurdle." So, so I always thought, okay, well, and because I had a great relationship with my father as well, um, he, um, it, was, it was something that was just instilled in me. And even today, I actually feel like he's still, he's still, he's, he's speaking to me right now. Like he's, I, I can feel him in my heart. It's my life. I, I just feel like he's, he's just something that, um, and I think the religious, and alhamdulillah, you know, we're so blessed to be Muslims I mean, I mean, that, that losing my father is, to me now, is like I've never lost him. He's, he's just... It's just another process, Amen. and he he's he's in me like he's he's he's, he's always with me, Amen. and I used to always go and ask questions to dad like, and this is another thing that you know with the youth today like really listen to your your, your elders whether they're your parents or your anyone elderly yeah. just listen to them because they got something to offer. Hundred yeah, uh, <clears> percent. And and I'm only saying that because my daughter, even though I love her to death. <laughs> Like she listens to everyone else, but she, she sometimes doesn't listen to me. She'll be listening to these, don't worry. Well, I hope so. Like, <laughs> she, 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 me and Ahmed were talking about that. We've all been in that realm where, you know, there's certain topics you won't speak to your parents about and you won't you won't ask them the certain questions like you said, but being able to put them around the right environment is also yeah. very crucial. For them to ask. Yeah. For them to ask. And that, you know, Because, you know, 18, 17, oh, you're an old fart, what would you know? That mentality starts kicking in. I think just putting them in the right advice, because it's happened to us, and yeah. we've said the same to one of my children the same thing, but coming from a different angle, different yeah. person, yeah. all of a sudden, oops. Hence, <laughs> hence why I'm saying, like you know, sometimes you know you might not want to listen to your your dad, and look, in time it's going to be valuable, and yeah. you're going to remember time, it and yeah. everything else. But mm-hmm. you know, if you're ever stuck, you know, if you've got any kind of um, uncertainties that you're thinking about, like just approach your, you know, and I used to be really shy too, actually, like. I don't know if I come across shy or not yeah, at the moment, do, but <laughs> <laughs> I learned to speak. Like when I was a kid, like I, my first job that I got and they contacted me, they said, um, and it was like a production line, tables everywhere, everyone's drawing away, you know, and uh, you had to just, you just had to know everything back then. And uh, they said to me, look, you need to contact, because it was five levels at uh, 60 Albert Road in South Melbourne. The building's 20, 20 levels, but they occupied five levels of it. And they said, look, can you contact um, admin to give them your account details because we have to pay you and your, 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 your tax file numbers and everything else. I said, yeah, it's not a problem. I was so shy to pick up that phone because that phone, I'm not used to using a phone. Uh-huh. 
I couldn't call. Wow. So what do I do? I go to level, I think I was a level 12. I went to level 10, they were. So I went down to level 10, knocked on the door. And I said, I had to, sorry, I had to do this, give you this information. They said, why don't you just call? I said, well, yeah, I just thought I'll do it personally, just say hello. It wasn't that. I just yeah. couldn't. <laughs> I was shy. I just couldn't do it. Wow. Like, yeah. I, I just had a real, you know, I had a shy, you know, approach. And, and um, with, you know, with the amount of work that I've been doing now, of course, I do a lot of, you know, speaking and um, so, so yeah, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things that I've done. Yeah, and, it's um, a lot. So it's, it's a little <laughs> bit. It's, 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 the way. it's a different world completely. It's, it's, a, little, it's a little bit easier. So. Bit, having said that, like, I have to admit, like, even driving here today, like, I think I'm a, um, what are they called? Someone called me something the other day. You're an um, extroverted introvert. Introvert. So I'm, I'm extrovert, yeah. but I'm still an introvert. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a natural introvert who, yeah. who has to step out into the extrovert sort of perspective. I say, and, yeah. and hence, I think um, you know, all kids have got this. Like, yeah. you know, you, so I take just, us take yeah. us to where – so now you're, you're working for this firm. and I'm working for this firm, um, and then I thought three years gone by, I'm not learning anything. It's a big company. I'm practically the driver for the people around there, like in the, the big bosses. Did you, did you grow in that role? Did you – didn't grow at all. I was a driver. Um, you know, it was something that, and this is something that you know I'd like to share with um, the, the the design world um, because you know, working for a large firm like you don't really learn much. You're kind of very stagnant. You can say I'm working for the biggest firm in the planet, but it really doesn't mean much for your your skill and your output. So you're not really learning much. So you just want repetitive work, same thing over same and over. Same thing. Like if, if I can say I'm working on a hundred story building. But I'm really documenting the toilets all my life, you know. So that that's what it is. Oh wow! So um, you're not you're not doing much more. <laughs> you're going to beautiful parties. You, oh, you know, wow. you you go into amazing events. You know, you're invited to certain things. That's you know, first time I experienced, um, you know, uh, which hotel was I think Hyatt or something. Well, it was a big hotel, and they they had a big event there. And uh, I remember going there and thinking, wow, like you know, I'm in a suit, like you know, look, look where I am. And I've made it. I've made it, <laughs> or I'm making it. I actually yeah. didn't think I, I actually didn't think I made it. You know why I didn't think I made it? Because I remember um, you know, all these visions coming into my mind. Uh, I used to catch a train. So we're living in Collingwood, and then my um, late father said to me, "Son, we bought a house. We're moving." And everyone was moving to Broadmeadows back day. Everyone's going to Broadmeadows. Everyone, yeah, everyone's yeah. going north. And I said, yeah, I said, great. I said, where are we moving, Dad? And he said, we're going to Chelsea. Chelsea? And I said, I said exactly that. I said, <laughs> Chelsea? Like, where's Chelsea? I didn't even know where it was. It was wow. just so – he goes, oh, it's by the beach. Um, you know, it's a really good spot and you're going to love it. So much like your dad loves the beach. He loves the beach, so, huh? So, so he, lo- he loved it. He built his own little boat. He's such a beautiful man. He actually – Cooked his own, like he, he caught his own food, he um he or, or grew his own food. He he sewed his own clothes. He um self sufficient. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about money. He doesn't care about like you know um, labels. He doesn't care. He's a very simple but beautiful man. Very like all he did was read, read, read. He was the opposite. I didn't have that from him. Like I wish I had that from him, wow. but I didn't have the reading capacity. But um. So we, he takes me there to Chelsea one day, right? We, we bought. We're going there just to look at the house from the outside. And we go there, and and I, I was, I feel I feel bad now because I said to him, Dad, I said, what is this place? I, I'm not going to live here. And he said, Well, because I'm coming from Collingwood, yeah, yeah, you're in the centre. <laughs> and you know, I'm centre. Like we walk to Ligon Street, we walk to the city, yes, like yes. we do everything I said. And he said, I know, Stan, I know, but like speech, it's the best place I can afford to buy. Um, and he never didn't like debt, like everything had to be purchased. And um, and I said. 
look, you know, I'm really like, I don't know what I'm going to do that. I don't know. Like, and my mum too, of course, my mum's there as well. And then uh, he said, no, no, he said, son, don't worry. I promise you, I'm going to make a sandwich every day mm. so you can be happy with your life, you know, so you can keep on going back and forth, back and forth. Right? Mm. And I said, okay, you know, what do you, you can't say much more. No. <laughs> I'll take the sandwich. I'll take the sandwich. I took the sandwich. <laughs> sandwich wasn't great, but he was a good cook, but that sandwich wasn't, it, it was, he used to love Vienna. It was old Vienna. It was probably that thick. It sliced with a yeah, 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 bit, yeah. bit of butter and cheese in it. The plastic cheese. And I'm thinking <laughs> singles. So after I said, Dad, don't make me my sandwich. <laughs> but so we moved there. And um, so it was, a, it was uh, so I was catching the train back and forth. So coming back to the story of, you know, events and like making it. I remember um, a few times where actually catching the train, always I, big dreamer. Like, you know, I was the biggest dreamer on the planet. And I think dreaming actually gets you places as well. Because if you dream, that means that means it's um, something that you're, you're inspiring to do. Yeah, so it's, it's, you know, as long as you're not dreaming of owning a 747, that's fine. Yeah. But like, you know, <laughs> you know you've got a dream to, to yeah, achieve, yeah? That's, that's, that's the way it works. Yeah. And I was a big dreamer. And I remember um, dry, um, taking this train, it was at night, and um, there was a Holden dealership, um, like a really big Holden dealership on Nippian Highway, which I could see. And there was an event in there. And I thought, wow, I said, you know, I would love to one day be the architect, give the speech, even though I'm shy of speaking, but I still wanted to push myself to get there. I said, I would love that opportunity one day. Yeah. And um, years went on. I actually, um, after that job, I went to a, a smaller job. So I went to a small practice that didn't have like um, the big fence. I was doing everything. I was drowning. I thought oh, they're going to kick me out, but wow. they didn't. So I managed that. I started my own business. That's amazing. Just to stop there, sorry. I know it's so important. Like, and I tell these, a lot of these youngsters, we tell them, if you go to a big firm, you're going to do one thing constantly and you're going to learn one thing. But if you could choose a smaller business, an up-and-coming business, you'll have to be a bit more broad and you have to learn everything because you learn you're everything. not yeah, because you've got no choice. You have that's to, so powerful in your growth, isn't it? It is. And, and you have to, it's like this. If you can't swim, they throw you off the, the pier you have to survive. There's no other way. You're going to have to swim somehow. Working for a small firm, it's like that. Initially, it's very scary. You know, you, you're very lost. You actually even doubt yourself because I did. I'm, I'm telling you everything that I'm actually experiencing. I'm not telling you, like, it's not, it's not a force say. It's actually something that I've experienced. I and I thought, coming from a big firm, they only employed me because I'm coming from a big firm because I said, this guy knows everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and unfortunately, like we do do a little bit of smoke and mirrors. <laughs> like, you know, we kind of show ourselves a bit better in interviews. It's just yeah. normal. Um, so going to that job, like I thought, these guys are going to sack me. Like I'm not, I'm not going to survive this. But, yeah. but I did. So from there on, uh, once I started my own business. How long were you there for? The next job I was there for um, three years. Wow. And um, so what <clears> happened was, actually, it's part of the, the, the car story, which, which I should go from here then. Yeah. So I went to the smaller company and, um, and he was an amazing employee. Like his name was, it was a drafting firm. It wasn't an architectural practice, but he was, we're doing a great job. We're doing, uh, I was designing um, uh, ski lodges and, you know, at Mount Hotham and, you know, and, oh, wow. and all these other projects. And I was learning so quickly. And um, I had one person in there. You know, you always have our trauma, yeah? We had one guy in there that was giving me hell. And um, he used to always try to find a loophole to bring me down. And then um, I remember he was going to ask me something. And then he got onto the phone. I didn't know the answer. And uh, he got onto the phone. He said, look, I, can, I need to make this phone call because I'm just getting it in. Because I'll just, after this phone call, let's go over it together. 
I said, that's great, not a problem. So I quickly, it was a small place. It was only like 150 square meters or something. I quickly grabbed my books, went into the toilet, started looking, flicking the pages, saying, the question he asked, this is what I, these are the answers. I've got to get back to him so I know what I'm talking about. So yeah. I, I didn't feel belittled. And uh, so I quickly you know, did that in the toilet. And then I went back to him. And then I said, yeah, so what were we were talking about? <laughs> so he asked me the question. Not in the smart ass way. He asked me the question, I knew the answer. Because I, I didn't know it otherwise. If I didn't have that opportunity to, to, to have that break, yeah. Have that break, so. Love. Yeah. And then, um, and because I was so keen on one day owning my own business, I, I remember again sitting in that, in that office because my boss was, was a beautiful man. He was an Australian man. And like every Friday, he would put on a barbecue. Back then, we didn't know much about halal meats. But I did eat beef, you know. <laughs> but we didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know much about, like, I don't know if there was actually halal butchers back then. This is yeah, a while ago. I'm talking. There, was no, there was no halal certification, I should say. Yeah. Um, um, so anyway, um, and they actually did. They never put, never, because they respected me, they never actually put any pork on or anything like that. It, it was, and it was something that was fun to, to actually work with him. He's, he's, he's a man that I actually still see today. Wow. So he's, he's, uh, he's, he's a beautiful soul and like he taught me a lot and he gave me a lot of opportunities he was one of your mentors he was one of my mentors towards the end we finished up badly but we fixed everything up like it it wasn't so bad at the end because Uh what happened was um i was working for him and i was bringing in i started because i was so hungry for work i started to do um little projects for the turkish community Uh which wasn't uh, so fruitful financially but I, i was learning which was good not that I was chasing money then, but like it would have been good because I was earning still like maybe everyone the this the everyone's wages back then was maybe four hundred dollars a week, and I was getting two hundred and sixty dollars a week, so I was pretty low. And I'm, <clears throat> I'm bringing in work, I'm bringing in factories, I'm bringing bring this little shopping center design and everything. So he was pretty happy. Then he actually um, elevated me from in that three years to become the office manager. I'm running the practice, I'm bringing in work, and you know, but I, I want a wage as well. Like I actually. One month before that, I said, said to him, look, Peter, I'm not getting enough work. I'm sorry, enough wages. I actually need more money. Like, you know, the average, you know, wage is around about $350. do not even give me $450. Just give me $350. And he goes, look, I can't afford it. But he's buying his son's new cars, right? Mm. And I'm driving around in an old car. Like, I can't afford to buy anything. And um, he says, look, you know, I can't afford it. And I said, okay, can I work for you maybe um, three days and two days I can take off, but you can still pay me the same amount of money. And he said, let me think about it. And I said, look, um, I actually really need it, Peter. Like, I'm, I'm not going to be able to afford this. I need to have a part-time job. And he said, sorry. He goes, he goes you count yourself lucky you got a job. Ooh. And I thought, okay. So I went back to my desk. There was no computers. We had a typewriter. So I did a typewriting thing, you know, my resignation. And um, I went back to his desk and I said, here's, here's my resignation. I'm giving you a week because back then all you had to do was give a week. And then um, he said, well, if you want to take that decision, that's up to yours. And I said, I said of course, you know, that's, I made the decision. And um, he said to me, no, you know, I, I expect you, I respect your decision, you can leave. And then um, so, so I left and um, I started, um, uh, I, I leased an office straight away. Like it was just a cheap office on St Kilda Road in St Kilda, though not, not, not Boulevard, not St Kilda Boulevard, but, you know, the, the, the cheap end of town. Right. But just take us through, I want to know that obviously – Working for somebody and now owning your own business is a big transformation. Different kettle fish. Isn't now, it? You, quoting that job, you know, did you quote it correctly? Did you really understand the numbers game? Were you doing that 
part of the role in the business beforehand? Because a lot of lot of people that work for us, they're a businessman. A lot of people that work with us, they come to realization that they might have a skill set of one thing, but owning a business is you need the skill set of many things, and and it's terrible for me. On a business level, and I actually say this to a lot of my clients even today. Look, I'm not gonna like I'm terrible at business. I said, how can you be? Like you're running a you know you're running a successful business. How can you be? Um, how can you be bad at business? I said, I'm bad at business. I said, you have to deal with my accounts department and our, our legal team to be able to do stuff because I don't know. I really don't know, and I still don't know today. Wow. I hate. I get I get anxiety looking at my um, monthly um, billing. So what happens is we we get timesheets come to us. Yeah, yeah. So we quote the job. We get timesheets come to us. Based on the timesheet, we work out the percentage and we put a number and I send it back to to their offices, not through our office, to a, like a, to a, a team that looks after it, accountants. I have anxiety. That's a good thing, yeah? Like this is profit. This is something that's going to pay for the office running. I get, I get anxiety looking at that and um, to write on a saying – Okay, this month you're gonna claim we're gonna claim thirty thousand from this. Wow. Like, why should I be? But I, I, I do. I don't like it. I just for me, I think a lot of creative people fall into this trap. And I think in, in architecture, this is one thing that really they don't teach you. Like, I mean, maybe they, they don't have to, I don't know, but they don't actually teach you the business side it's at all. Thing, yeah. And like it's it's I suppose it's something they don't have to because it's all creative, but like running a business is is really scary. And it's still scary for me today. And I still think, you know, I still don't like pricing. I still don't like doing any of that. I, I just drive. I, what drives me is my um, the people the people that I meet, the presentations that I do, and the smile I put on people's faces. Wow. I don't really. I mean, I could have probably been, you know, a lot more wealthier than I am today. Not that I'm wealthy, but you know, I'm trying to say, like, you know, I could yes. I could be mm. earn a lot more to give more, but I don't because I'm too busy wanting to donate my my services to to help people. Uh, I got to a stage where, unfortunately, I was actually donating a lot of time, like a lot of time. Then I realized I'm actually going broke. <laughs> I, I can't pay my taxes. Subhanallah. So I actually got uh, – um, I still remember um, um, it was a while. I get a phone call from the tax department. And I know I haven't done my taxes in a while, right? And because um, what happened was during my business time, I was doing really well getting a lot of clients in. Um, we started in year 2000. We won a contract to do um, all of um, kids of today won't know, OneTel, um, which is a telephone company, yes. to do their, um, their rollout on a, on a, like a, throughout Australia. Wow. And uh, so we won, the, we won the, that job to design it all. And then I get this phone call and um, he, he says to me, look, um, you won the project. You know, you, that's great, but what you have to do is we actually want you to build these things as well. I said, look, we're not builders. He said, we understand that, but we need you to look after all the accounts. But I had a full accounts department then back then. We had like you know, 20, 30 people work, probably more working for us back then. Oh, wow. And then um, he and I, I took it on and I had a business partner then too. And he um, so he said, look, you know, we're really happy. You know, We're going to make $6 million out of this each. Back in 2000, a lot of money. Yeah? Wow. And I said, look, you know, it's good, but let's just make sure that we can get the job done right. Started the rollout first month. Um, we spent one point eight million dollars on um, on the fitouts because we had one company doing it, and and I was the I had to sign a, um, a indemnity that if anything goes goes wrong, I have to um, be insolvent. You're liable. Liable to pay for this contractor to do all of his work because it's a massive project, right? Yeah. You know, I don't blame the guy. 
And uh, so I signed it anyway. And uh, But I signed it. My business partner didn't. So this is something I'm thinking, okay, like, you know. Wow. At the time, I didn't even know. I, I didn't know. So we did the first rollout. But they didn't, OneTel didn't pay like $200,000 out of the money that was supposed to give us, out of the $1.8 million. They didn't give us, they gave us one6 and I said to my business partner, how come they're not giving us the 200000 We need that for the next rollout because we're going to spend another $1.8 million. And he said, don't worry about it. We're going to make $5 million each. I said, I don't care about the $5 million. <laughs> like seriously, we need to be careful. And that night um, I had this dream and um, it's like yesterday again. So I'm, I'm walking in this hallway, like this really dark hallway in my dream. And every time I get to the door, the door's closed. And um, I'm about to open the door. And this is voice says, be careful what you're doing. Make sure you understand um, the process before you open the door and you walk through. Make sure you know what you're doing. Wow. So I thought, okay. And I'm staying at my mom's place at this day, like my parents' place, because I, I was, had my own house, but that night I stayed at their house. And I, and I open the door, I go through this black hallway again. And second, same voice, same thing. Be careful. Like before you go in, be careful. Make sure you know what you're doing. And then the third door, I walked past it again and I heard this really loud slam from behind me that woke me up, right? And I, I, I jumped out of bed and I actually thought that someone slammed the door somewhere. So I'm walking around my parents' house thinking that someone's in the house, but it was nothing like that. So I think Allah Subhanahu was actually like, you know, however it works, I don't know, I'm, I, you know, I, I'm not that, you know, and that that you know informative of, of religion side of things, but I really believe that was a, a God sent to me because I was getting this warning saying you know get out of the deal because my my business partner saying nah it's fine five six million dollars yes this is great but in hindsight they weren't paying the two hundred thousand so we flew there it's only two hundred thousand yeah in comparison to we got to paid one point six but yeah. you know but we still have to pay one point one million dollars to the builder which we did that's your profit pretty that's much. my profit so so the next one. We fly to Sydney and we see the Packers and everything else because Packer Murdoch Consortium owned it with two other guys. And um, we, we had a meeting with them. They said, look, no, we, we're just getting rid of a few people. We, we, we're re-evaluating um, re, re the business model. Don't worry about it. We're going to put that 200 grand into your account, but you start the next rollout because we really need to start. So we engage the guys. They, they start. We don't get to 200,000 because we were doing the rollouts within two or three weeks. Wow. And, um, because everything was built in the factory and then delivered to the site. Like I'm talking like some going to Sydney, some going to Queensland, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all this, but it's all made built in Geelong. And um, just as um, they send that out, we're still waiting for this money to come. We're just about ready to invoice for the next line. I get this email, not email, but email. I get a phone call saying um, one towel is just gone broke. Wow. Under And I look at the news straight away. It's gone. <laughs> Hello. I ring up my, my business partner saying, what the hell? What are we going to do now? And uh, so we went to all the meetings and everything. So we had to, I lost everything. I went bankrupt, right? So, so, wow. so that's something I, I couldn't get out because I actually had to sign this document. I could, my lawyer said I could fight it, not to pay the, the um, shop fitter. But I thought, you know, you have to, we have to be decent and we have to be, you know, real. Yeah. You know, just like this guy owns it, just do it. And, and that's what happened. So, so, I, love so, it. so, so I closed up. So I had to start again. Subhanallah. Was, was that the hardest time ever you've ever had? Financially. Financially, yeah. that would have been the hardest time. That was the hardest time. And mind you. <laughs> like, can, you, can, you sort of, oh no, can you take us there? How did you feel? Like Honestly. like. Look, there was two things the way I felt. Um, I was in my office and um, my, 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 I was in Brighton 
and I had this 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 window looking to a back to, to a nice garden, and behind that I had two of my cars there. One was a, a 911, and the other one was a Honda that I was driving every day. They were both there. But the reason why they were both there is the receivers were coming to pick them up. Allah. So I remember the, the, the truck coming <laughs> and taking, taking like loading the, the, thing, the, the, the cars. I'm thinking, oh, my God, like everything I work for is gone. But as I said, one thing good about the way I look at life is I'm not financially driven or I'm not, I'm not driven by you know, the, the dunya. No, I'm not. Like, and I think it's just my heart, the way, the way I am. Like, you know, I'm not, you know, alhamdulillah, I, I always put my, my whole, you know, my whole, every, every decision making is based on, because we were taught, like, you know, don't do anything wrong. Allah's looking at everything that you're doing. So, so, so being brought up that way from, like, like, you remember I was telling about the peer? Yeah. Like, my mom's telling me all this stuff, like, saying, Allah. son, like, you know, you know, when you're growing up, you've got a lot of things that's going to come across you. Don't do the God is always looking. He's going to judge Allah. you for this. And, no one else can, but he can. So because of that, when they took it, I thought, you know what? The way I'm going to look at life is I don't have a debt anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still young. The brighter side of life. I love it. I'm still young. You know, yeah. I'm still young. Yeah. And, uh, it's amazing how that pers- perspective that people look at things differently that can change their, their whole world. Yeah. It's amazing. Because your emotional state is relative to how you see things. If you're seeing the goodness in the situation, you will not feel the pain. Yeah. And subhanAllah, many of us fail to see, like you just said, I don't have a longer debt anymore. Mm. I mean, there's a good side. But subhanAllah, many of us choose to see the ugly side or the painful side or the lost side or, mm. oh my God, you know, the, the rug got pulled under me. And well, you know? I, I, I'll tell you now, like I was, I didn't want to tell my parents that this happened because I knew this is going to hurt my parents. Not because I've lost money or whatever. They don't want me to feel, they don't want to feel like that I'm I'm living some kind of discomfort. That's yeah. the only reason. It's not, not because of anything else. But I remember my friend was living in Richmond that he wasn't using his garage and he had a fold-out bed in there and, and with a trough. <laughs> and so I was living in there, washing Allah. my hair in that tr- trough, Allah. not telling my parents. And I did have, like, we all put a little bit of money, because I was making a little bit of money here yeah, back then. So I had probably about, back then, $20,000, or not, not even that, like probably $15,000 cash, like just, well, just in case. Runny like, day. Yeah. Runny day. But even that's not enough. But the problem was, I promised my, my brother, um, he was, he's four years younger than me, I said, look, brother, like, if you buy, you should buy, invest in a house, buy a house, I'm going to help you with a deposit, and I'm, I can put in probably 10 grand, and um, and you know, and you know, we should move on with this because you got a family, you know, because he had kids before I did, even though I was young. He's got three three kids at home, didn't I? And um, he um, he said okay. So he bought the house before I went broke. So we, you know, the three month settlement. Yeah. So yeah. I have to come up with ten grand. Oh wow! <laughs> so whatever ten, that money I had aside, I actually gave it to him. I said, look, because then no one knew. You had to keep your word. I had to keep my word. So I did that. What so just touching on the story? What advice would you give some of these young chaps that are getting over the head, or maybe getting into a deal without doing their due diligence? Yeah. What advice would you give them? Because obviously, after that dream, obviously you've learned a life lesson there. Of course, yes. <laughs> that dream is I haven't. It hasn't Subhanallah. So, what advice would you give some of these youth what? going into it? You know, the, the the business is growing. You know, we've had that opportunity. Same same scenarios, yeah, Subhanallah. That's what you, you you've mentioned. We've had in business where it's nearly brought us to our knees, and then made us tenfold because we learned not how not to get broke anymore. Yes. <laughs> but 
What, what advice would you give? Well, I think the due diligence is really important. And that due diligence is only going to be known if you can actually think about it with a clear mind. Like, because due diligence um, means nothing to someone that is going to be ego driven. Yes, right? So yeah. it's very hard to, to do that. Because um, money's I, blinding. I see it all the time. Like, I've I got a young nephew. Um, he's 27. He wants to go into his own business. And I said to him, Look, just recently, I said, Look, I know you're young and I know you, you got hot blood. There's a Turkish saying, it's called delikanla, which means crazy blood. And that's for the youth, right? Yeah. So when you say delikanla, that means, you know, he's, he's a kid. It does, it's not a bad thing. It just means he's, he's got hot blood. He's, yeah. got, he's got crazy blood. Yeah. So it's only for that generation, though. So um, I said, look, you know, you're young, you know, you're 27, you got to do an investment. Make sure you talk to me. I'll help you do your due diligence. Because like, he won't know. So what I would really recommend is to really slow down. Like I think slowing down the pace because we, when we're young, we're very active. We want to do everything. You know, we all want to buy beautiful things. And, and like you know, as I said, I'm not, I'm not driven to to buy great things. But that doesn't mean I don't do it. I love uh, if I can buy it. I still, of course I buy it. Yeah. Um, you know, I drive one nice car, and I promise you, if my friends need that one nice car, I lend it to them because I actually enjoy them driving it. Yeah, so I haven't so got a problem with that. So some people just keep it like they put yeah, in the garage. Oh, for me, 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 me. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so one thing to be able to do is like to be able to share that thought. You have to actually give your, give your, you know, step back, think about what you're doing. Um, if you're going into one thing that I could actually say, and I learned this from this is. Never give a guarantee. <laughs> Never. <laughs> I don't care what it is. No. Like, you know, try, try to pay the $10,000 extra to not do the guarantee. Because when you've got a guarantee, you are gone. Like, your business could do really well, and inshallah it would. But if it doesn't, you're gone. And there's another thing that I see a lot of sad things. Um, I hear about a lot of sad things. Um, using your parents' um, assets yeah, to yeah. get somewhere. Yeah. Please don't do it. Like yeah. it's not worth it. Yeah. Don't put your parents into yeah, that situation yeah, because that. actually coming back to my dad again, when I think about when I was starting my own business, my, my father, as I said, a beautiful man, religious man, um, but at the same time, very open-minded man, never judged anyone. Uh, so I went to him and I said, look, dad, look, I'm, I'm going to open my own business and, and can you buy me a gift? Like I needed a table chair as a gift from you. And he looked at me. He could have easily got that. It wasn't the financial side. He looked at me and said, son, if you can't afford to buy your table and chair for your business, don't go into business. Wow. Good advice. Yeah. So uh, and at the time I, I was angry. I was thinking, <laughs> you can come afford on, it, Dad. man. Come on. Come on, man. Like, it's just a table and chair. I'm actually asking. It's sentimental. He goes, no, I'm not going to buy you a table and chair. I don't care how you do it. So I found a table. You know those, those rubbish days? <laughs> yeah. I found, he helped me paint it. So we painted it together and I bought a chair. And uh, so what I'm trying to say is don't go on to um, – don't, don't use your parents' assets for, yeah. for things because um, it's, it's not fair on them because they lose it. Yeah, I've, yeah, seen, I've seen a lot of people yeah, exactly. put their parents' house on the guillotine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh Allah, oh Allah. And no, it gets chopped. Oh Allah, it it does. does. And look, you know, un unfortunately when it comes to finances, I'm, I've been burnt. I know. I know how it is. And so no guarantee, due diligence, take your time. Beautiful. I mean, beautiful advice. So that, that's something that allobetic. That's yes. amazing. So, so in in the business side of things, that's what that's what I think um, is yeah, really I'm important. So now now take us through. Now you've lost everything, and you're like, oh my gosh, I got to start again. Well, because uh, again, I think um, uh, um, Allah Subhanahu works in such a way that if you're a decent person and you actually 
don't burn anyone. You know, we all believe in so you, pay, you paid for the so I paid it through the insurance for going broke. So oh, wow. I actually signed this insurance document, and I could have not signed it. They said my lawyers actually said, "Look, you don't have to sign this. We can actually fight this." And I said, "No." I said because this guy is lovely, and he's still a good friend today. His wow. name is Perry Gawley, and like he's a lovely guy, Australian guy, like very decent human being. And he said to me, and I, and I couldn't do it to him. Like I thought, this. Guy, why should this guy lose 1.1 million and I walk off? Like, it's not fair. So, so I thought, you know what, I'll get over it. I, I was also reading um, certain things like I read snippets. I, don't, I get bored reading a whole book. But I, I remember reading a snippet about um, I think it was um, about how to become a millionaire or something. And, and one of the things was every millionaire goes broke once. Yeah. <laughs> every, every, every minute goes bankrupt once. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I remember that saying. I thought, you know what? I'm still young. I, I, I can do this again. Was your part, partner the same mindset? No, he actually, he was 10 years, 12 years older than me. He's still my friend today as well. But he got out of architecture and started his own business. And he, he's doing something totally different. But oddly enough, he's, uh, he's different to me. Like, he's very, like, I like him as a human, but I would never go into business with him again. Because what happened was um, when they did all that, the... Um, because he was looking after the, 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 the business end and I was looking after the, the architectural end. And then we I discovered that he actually took, you know, um, I think it was $100,000 without me knowing about it through the business. And he said I was going to pay. He goes, I was always going to pay back. But I go, then why didn't you tell me? Like, because the accountants go through everything. He said, I promise you, I'm going to look after you. I'm going to pay you back. So he actually ended up. So I had a, like a little bit of a. In time. So you've gone through the ringer. I've gone through the ringer. (laughs) But I always had a smile. Even my friends used to say, they used to to say to me, how come you never look, you know, upset or, you know, what's what's wrong? Like, how come, how can you live through this? I said, well, I don't find this being a problem. Like, you know, who cares? Subhanallah. I go, you know. That's resilience. Alhamdulillah. Inshallah. Look, I I don't whether it's, like, I think we're not, we're not in a war. Like, we just. It could be be so much worse. I always look at sometimes, like. Anything could be worse, you know. So you've mm-hmm. got to just really live with it. The thing that I always get scared about and the only thing that would hurt me um, and really upset me is if I actually upset someone else. Subhanallah. And I know I've done this before, meaning to, uh, or I mean, I think I was never meaning to, but, you know, everyone's got a different perception on life. Yeah. And when I hurt someone, and I know they're hurt, I actually tried to, like, say, look, I'm sorry. I probably swore I shouldn't have. Uh, maybe I got angry I shouldn't have. So I try to... Get yeah. their love back, and if I don't, that actually that actually plays on me a lot. Like that uh-huh. that stays with me for a very long time. I didn't care about the million dollar because, uh, as I said, I'm not I'm not chasing that. Uh, but if I'm actually hurting someone, to me that's a big problem. Wow! So um, amazing. Hence, I think coming back to your question about what happened after that, everything just I got busier. Like I started the business under my brother's name. I said to my brother, I said, look, you know, I can't run a business anymore because I'm, I'm bankrupt for the next few years, three, four years, I wasn't allowed to be a director. And I said, can you um, set up the business for me and I can work for you, you know? And, um, <laughs> and he, said, of, he said, of course. And so, you know, he's very, my brother's very Well, he supportive. gave him 10 grand, so. <laughs> <laughs> he, never, he never knows. He, he never knew about that story. Like if, oh, he, well. if he actually hears this, this is the first time he's going to hear that. Oh, like, he, he does, I never told him. Like, there's no need to tell him. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, but if he hears this, he's gonna definitely say, "Why don't you tell me?" I'll like, you know, I say, "Well, what are we gonna do? Like, you know, lose the house." <laughs> so, uh, but look, he's, he's a beautiful brother. He's very supportive and everything. Else. So there's, there's, there's no issues there. And um, 
So he opened the business and, and because everyone knew that I was, um, um, you know, went under, and, but I didn't hurt anyone. Like if I was busy, I actually got busier. Like that guy that I was telling my business partner, because I didn't have a car to drive, he went and got me a, a new, um, I was driving a 911, but he got me a Boxster, right? A Porsche, because he knew I loved Porsches, right? So he said, um, he came and he goes, look, this is your car. I go, what do you mean? He goes, I know you took the wrap and this is it. So you can drive this until, you know, wow. until, until, you know, forever. And uh, so I had, like, I had a car straight away. I had the, the guy that did the joinery. I, I, I had to release an office because I had a few stuff that I didn't want to let go of. And um, he said, um, he rang me up. He said, where are you moving to? I said, oh, I've got this office. He goes, okay, draw up all your plans. I'm going to do the fit out for free. I said, no, Perry, I can't accept it. I'll pay you back slowly. He goes, no, no, it's for free. So, so he went and spent like whatever. The same guy you, yeah. Yeah, same guy that, uh, that, that I. So because <laughs> when amazing. you don't hurt someone, I, I find that people actually go that extra mile. Mm-hmm. And when they know you're at your lowest, I think they go that extra mile to, to support. actually support you. Yeah. So that, again, comes from kindness and, and, and well, being, you know. Yeah. So. Sunnah, the sunnah. This is <laughs> the sunnah. It, it is, you're it right. Is so you guys know the words, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is sunnah, you're right. That's, <laughs> what, that's what it is. So, uh, so I think that, um, you know, Again, Amazing. like, and we all could live through this way. Like, I mean, if, if I mean. we're all giving, loving, you know. It's never, it's never, I tell people always, there isn't, the people say, oh, well, you know, what's the lowest point? I said, it's never a low point because it, it's just, it's, it's all khair. Allah yeah. subhanahu wa ta'ala said, it's he knows all what's khair. Good for you. It's khair. Exactly. So, so he's putting you something that's khair, you know. He does. Like my, low, my lowest point was none of that. Like my lowest point was, you know, 2019, I come back um, from a, a trip. Like, you know, cause we, since, um, you know, we started my own business. Now we've got an international business. We've got offices, you know, a few places. Alhamdulillah. So, um, but I remember my father ringing me and I was in, um, in um, coming back from China office. And he said, I'm on the phone with him. He said, look, um, I said, look, Dad, I'm going to be home in, on the weekend. Um, I can't wait to see you. And he said, um, look, I can't, you know, it's going to be, um, I can't wait to see you too. But he goes, I'm going, to see, I'm going to have to go to the doctors on Monday. And he said, I've got this stomach ache, you know. And, um, wow. and I said, it's all right, Dad. Look, you know, it's probably indigestion or whatever. You know, I'll come. And, you know, don't, I'll, I'll come with you. He goes, you don't have to come with me. He goes, you know, I'm just telling you because we share everything together. So the worst day of my life um, was um, when I, I get there on the weekend. I'm with him. I take him to the hospital. And... Um, they said they, they looked at it. They did um, some tests and they said, look, they couldn't find anything. They said, we'll have to do an MRI. So they did that. And then um, when, when the next day we went back and I knew there was something wrong because they said, Allah. you have to come back straight away. And, uh, and then we, we get there and then he's, the doctor says, look, I'm going to good news. You know, he's got pancreas cancer. Allah. And then I actually felt, sorry, I'm getting a bit emotional. Um, I actually uh, felt like someone kicked the chair under my table, like oh, no, my, my under me. It was so hard for me to yeah. deal with. Like it was the worst day of my life, you know. His passing wasn't, but his but finding out that was the killer. Yeah. Like that was the killer. Like still affects me today. Like it was, yeah. it was tough. You felt, you felt his pain. But the funny, th- not the funny thing is, uh, we get into the car and he says to me, and I know everything. Like we all know about pancreas, but he didn't know about pancreas for some unknown reason. He said, thank God, I've only got pancreas cancer. I thought it was stomach cancer. And I said, wow. I said, yeah, dad, you're right. You know, thank God, you know, you, you, we're going to be fine. And, uh, but when we, when we got home, he actually said to me, um, look, son, 
whatever happens, it doesn't make a difference. Like we're here, this is a transitional life. Amen. Amen. We, we're going to like, we're all going to live through this. Amen. You know, he goes, our prophets, everyone, like everything, everyone lived through this. It doesn't, there's no such thing. So don't ever get, don't ever get upset, he said to me, right? Don't ever get upset. You know, if they said to me, like, he'll survive probably six months or whatever. But um, he actually ended up surviving for like, you know, nearly 16 months. Love but we had the best, like COVID came in. So wow. I wasn't going to the office. I was hanging out with him every day. Wow. And I, I was sneaking him going fishing. I was, don't worry about that. I don't care if we get a fine. We're going fishing. You know? So we're doing all this stuff <laughs> together. <laughs> like we had such a beautiful journey. So, but it's, when it's, you, but am- it's amazing how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keeps, it gives you that gives opportunity. You the opportunity. Well. He gave the same opportunity to me and Ahmed and, and the family because sometimes you don't know. You just yeah. don't know. When, you know when, somebody, when somebody's taking so quickly away from you, I yeah. think it's harder than it's harder. actually being told. It's harder. Like well, for me, because, yeah. the way I look at it was like it was a farewell party. Like not party, but like it was a yeah. farewell um, journey because yeah. I was together with him every day. Um, you know, Alhamdulillah, he didn't actually have any pains. Like he just p- passed away really peacefully. Allah, and um, Alhamdulillah. And, Alhamdulillah. And so, so when, he, when he passed, it wasn't like, for me, it was like a, a blessing that like his... his in a more comfortable space, inshallah. So, yeah. um, you know, inshallah, you know, Jannah is upon him and everything Amen. else. But like, um, but that day, I have to admit, like, kills me. Like, doesn't matter. We're, I'm we're human. I'm human. Right. Yeah, 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 so it makes us like, emotions are what makes us humans. Exactly. Have to feel the downs and lows. And subhanallah, like, so now contrasting. Mashallah, I know you've won an international award by. Saudi Arabia, mashallah, you, you flew down there and you won an international award. Have that up? There it is. Oh, oh. There you go. Oh, yeah, I look pretty. I look you pretty. Look younger sm- there. I do. It's <laughs> <laughs> a shorter hair. I'm wearing a suit. There you go, mashallah. So take us through that, mashallah. How, how did that happen? Yeah. So um, this is uh, another journey to get here. Um, so since I've opened my office, like, and and as I said, I got busier. Um, I had this. Um, Business was amazing, like you know, and um, and and I just had a a, a, a new baby, and um, she was just about to turn one, or probably ten months or whatever. I get this phone call. I'm driving somewhere, and um, so we, most architects designers would know, like the name Glenn Merkett, in the um, architectural world is just incredible. Like it's it's something that like everyone would want to work with, and uh, something that I actually was really inspired by too because he was. It was a type of architect that um, is, is an architect that is won every award under the sun. There's, there's this Pritzker Prize that we call it, which is the, like in Australia, he's the only one ever that won it. Like no one wow. else has won it. Oh, wow. And he then became the chairperson. He actually worked, he actually was on the board with like great architects like Zaha Hadid, Norman Foster, and all these other you know, great architects. Wow. So he's that, he's incredible, yeah? But his, his approach is, is very non. Um, not ego. Like he doesn't do projects that thinks that he just does want to get involved with. Like he doesn't care about if it's a massive project or he's going to earn a million dollars from or two million dollars or like, it's all about designing beautiful structures and um and and educate people why this is a beautiful structure. Oh, so wow. he, he's very poetic the way he speaks and everything else. Well, so I'm telling you this story because what happened was I'm driving. Now we've got technology. I've got a phone in my car. Nah, was, I, I got a, a nice car, like, you know, and then you know, the phone rings. I answer it. I'm driving. Someone, um, I get a, they, they say, look, you know, hi, um, 
And I'm sure it was uh, our brother, um, Muhammad Hadara from Hadar Co Construction, a beautiful man, a beautiful, beautiful family. Beautiful family. Yeah. They, they donated a lot of their time. They've done everything right. You know, there's nothing I can speak badly about them. But um, I'm sure it was him and he said to me, I'm, I'm saying I'm sure because it was like, I'm talking, it was 16 years ago now. So I don't remember who exactly, but it was him because I became very close with him. Um, he said to me, um, look, um, we got your number. Um, we know you designed the Keysborough Mosque and, and the Broadmeadows, um, Meadow Heights Mosque. He said, would you be interested in um, designing our mosque, Newport, Newport Islamic um, Centre, um, working in with Glenn Merkett? No, no, he didn't say anything about Glenn Merkett. And I said, look, to be honest with you, um, I've done two mosques already. So one in Keysborough. <laughs> and that was the first mosque I did for my community 20 years ago. So I got no experience. I designed this mosque, right? Wow, wow. And, um, and, and, and it's a beautiful mosque. And I, and I helped um, finish off Meadow Heights Mosque. So yes. um, um, the late um, Eddie Jumala, sorry, yes. I, had to, I had to find his name. So Eddie, Eddie brother, you know, um, um, he, he's the one that um, did that, but I followed on, finished it off. And I didn't really want to do any more. I don't know why. Like, it was really weird. Because I thought, you know, I've done two mosques. I don't want to be known as a mosque designer. <laughs> I'm happy to become a, a Muslim architect or designer, but not not uh, a mosque. Measure. Not a mosque. Because I never want to specialize in anything. I always thought if you're an architect or a designer or, you know, or, or in fashion or in boats, whatever, you have to do different things all the time. You can't do the one thing all the time. Yeah, it becomes boring, yeah? So, um, and I said, look, I think you should find someone else because – I'm not really, you know, I've done one. I don't know if I want to do another one. He said, no, no. He said, this is actually a request from Glenn Merkett that wants to work with you. Would you be interested in working with him? And I thought, this must be a joke. Like, how can this be true? And I said, yeah, yeah, right. I said, come on, man. I said, you know, thank you. You know, you're complimenting or whatever, but you should ask Glenn Merkett if you really want to work with me, if it's true. Because, you know, you know why should... Uh, Allah... Uh, why should I say no to this opportunity, you know? Wow. And he said, no, it's true. Like, it's actually true. Can we meet you and talk about this? Because we know you've done keys, but we know, we know. And he needs someone that's designed a mosque so we can work together. So the brief was to design. So I met Glenn. I was like a little boy around him. Like, you know, yeah, first yeah. time I met him, I was like shaking. You know, like, think, you know <laughs> even though I've got a lot of experience, yeah? Like, I, I, I'm running a business now, like, you know? <laughs> And we, you know, we, you know, since then we got four, we got we got five offices around the world. Like, you know, we got we got three offices in China, we got one in Istanbul, and we got one in Kenya. Like, you know, wow. so so we're doing a lot of work like, everywhere. But this is before that happened. But I think it's all related though. And um, so we met Glenn, and he, I took him to a few of the mosques that I designed. We showed him other mosques around, and like a, a beautiful man. Like he actually really supported the Muslim community. Like he was incredible. Mm-hmm. So the point where we actually, um, and I have to tell this story because this is what this is awards about and uh we i remember just doing the first design and um we had to present it to the council and when you go to the council meeting you know i'm sure you guys have got some kind of um you know understanding of planning. <laughs> oh my god you only like one or two people come and that's it like yeah. you know if that one person would come and say yeah yeah you know no, nah, forget about whatever. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. we can't tell you anything. Yeah, we've been there. So, I know you've been there. <laughs> and I'm sure every person here that worked with uh, planning was a little bit Until of... you get to the head on chair. Give me through the red tape. Give me the red tape. Let the mayor sign off, right? So, uh, Seriously. And uh, so, so they organized a meeting and they said, okay, come in at six o'clock. I thought, six o'clock? Like, why would it come at nightfall? Like, it's a council meeting. So we got there at six o'clock. They had the whole auditorium. Wow. Of um, that council, which I forgot the name, I'm sorry. Um, 
that was filled with all of their people because Glenn's coming. Yeah, of course. Wow. Yeah. And uh, so we did our presentation and everything else. And then one, one, um, one of the counselors got up, and I'm sure she wasn't saying the, the you know, the wrong thing or whatever. She said, "Look, you know, um, it's a it's a great project. Um, you know, I think that um, you know, we can you know work with you to to get it to a certain level, and we can um." I forgot the word now. Like tolerance, that's it. Oh, we'll, we'll tolerate. Oh. This. Because we can tolerate this project. I'm so sorry about forgetting that's the word, okay. but tolerate. Because we can tolerate this, um, this project. He got up straight away and he said, "How dare you say tolerance or tolerate? How can you use this word um, in this in this forum? It's just so unacceptable. You should be using the word acceptance. We're an Australian community trying to build a beautiful mosque." A contemporary mosque, a, a mosque that's designed for all Australians, not just Arabs and Turks, and it's for Australians. He said it's inclusive. It's everything we're giving to you. And how can you use the word tolerance? So when you, th- oh, and I looked at him, I thought, oh my God, tolerance is such a bad word. I actually didn't even think of it that way. Right? <laughs> because you know how we grow up, we just hear a lot of things. A lot of things just go there. Yeah, we do. We do let things slide. We just let slide. I didn't even hear us say it. Right? That's, been, that's like, been pretty nice, to be honest. Yes. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, Glenn. <laughs> and Hello. I'll tolerate it, you know? So, uh, so but he's, he was such a beautiful soul. Like, oh, sorry, he is a beautiful soul. And um, he always gave to the community. And, and the funny thing is, like, if, if it was me presenting this project to Newport, because it's getting a lot of mixed mix, uh, messages or mixed reviews, let's call it, from the, the Islamic world, not only the Islamic world, Islamic people of Australia, which is uh, some negative, and I just don't understand it. Like, look, I'm, not, I'm no preacher. Like, I'm no, I'm, I'm no sheikh or anything, as you know. But I do know that if we're designing mosques that, uh, bringing our kids in that are proud to be there through architecture, yeah? yeah? So, I mean, all of our kids, I'm sure, we all love Ferraris, Porsches, Lamborghinis, you know, Mercedes, whatever. What, you know, we all like it, yeah? yeah? So why can't our buildings be like this to bring in the people? Mm. It's had so much, like I had, I had a, a, a friend of mine, uh, not had, I've got a friend that um, is, is a Muslim, non-practicing, but is a Muslim. Like he's, he says he's a Muslim. He doesn't eat pork. He doesn't do, yeah. you know, he, he does certain things. He, he, but he doesn't pray, but he does a lot of other things, right? He came to the mosque during construction and he, and he seen what we were doing and he said, Hakan, he said, you know what? He said, I, I want to come and pray in this mosque all the time. I actually feel like coming and praying in this mosque. Wow. Wow. So if it's, if it's doing that, if it's bringing our kids in, if it's bringing non-Muslims in, the whole international community is talking about it. Um, it's, um, it's, it's an incredible – like we had interfaith people coming. I had an, a, a nun cry in our mosque saying how beautiful is this place and how they can't see the same vision as we can. I mean, what does that tell you? That's you, incredible. You can't please everyone. I think uh, we've come to that conclusion a long no, time ago. No, you can't. And you the, can't. But the thing is like, you know – with with Islam, like we, how do you get your reviews? That's what I was gonna say. You have a Google form or something. <laughs> how do you get your reviews? Just the community come up to you and say, "Oh, that's terrible." What what? Why did you spend so much money? Well, no, what I, were you thinking? Well, no, not that. I, I get invited to to design other mosques. I'm a, a I'm an official mosque designer now. Alhamdulillah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm proud of being oh, no, by the way. So uh, so I'm actually uh, I'm proud of that. I, I didn't want to, 
but I now, that plan for his now I'm owning it. And um, so I've got invited to do a lot of other mosques and and now everyone wants to do a modern mosque. Like, and, and I understand why, like, you know, because there's no such thing anywhere. There's, there's a mosque has to have a dome and, and minarets. Like back in the day, a minaret was a, a call to prayer. It was, um, it was a, um, a symbolizing where it is. Like it was a, a finder yeah. uh, point for, for yeah. so they say that that's where the mosque is. And, um, and the dome was for acoustics because there was no electronics. So yeah. it was an acoustic form of, you know, you know making sound, the, yeah. the sound. We don't need that anymore. We can do it other ways. We can do other beautiful things. We can work with light. We can work with color. We can work with material. We can work with you know, other really beautiful um, things. So because I get invited, then all of a sudden, you know, someone would just come up and they say, we should, look, you know, by the way, I didn't get offended by this, but um, they say, oh, but we don't like what you did. It looks like it doesn't look like a mosque, and I say, "Well, okay, if it doesn't look like a mosque, um, you know that's pretty pretty fair comments." But what it does do is it um, it, it promotes Islam all around the world. It brings yeah. in people to yeah. non-Muslims and Muslims to see yeah. what we've done. So, yeah, doesn't that mean something to you? It isn't promoting and 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 um, and showing our vision to the to, to the non-Muslims. More important than you coming to the mosque and praying in here, like you know, I yeah. kind of sometimes do a bit of a stir, yeah. you know. Yeah. I, I go because you know everything about Islam, you know about praying, you know how to feel about it. Yes, yeah, so you know you have to. I said you have to let that go. You have to actually say now this is. We, we live in a look. You can design a. Uh, you, you can you can design a um a, a um traditional mosque in Turkey all you like. Yeah. You can design in in Lebanon all you like, and it's not going to look out of place. That's right. But you know, I, I'm seeing like, I'm seeing incredible amount of non-Muslims becoming Muslims. They're reverting, right? Yeah. So if they come into a, an Australian mosque, because we're Australians, yeah, now that's right. That's we, right. we are. Like we, we're both. I mean, I, I, I wasn't born here, but <laughs> yeah, I see my. Because when I go to Turkey, I'm not Turkish, but I'm, <laughs> we're I'm, Australian I'm, Muslims. <laughs> we're Australian Muslims. So 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 I, I see that as being so important that you know, this is the direction that we have to go now. Inshallah. Because you know, I want my I want my daughter to say, well, you know, I want to come to this mosque. Subhanallah. And so, 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 so from there, um, the I got this uh, phone call um, only like a year and a half, year ago, and um, so there's certain awards, architectural awards that you you apply for. You have to write a hundred page essay. You have to put all your photos in. You have to put your your you know your theory behind it to win an award. Yeah. I don't do that. Um, because I think, you know, there's no point. Like, I, mean, I don't want to impress anyone. Like, I'm, I've always done things for myself only. But the this award, it was uh, the Al-Fawzan, uh, Abdullah Latifa Al-Fawzan Award of, um, of um, Islamic Architecture. Discovered the project because, as I said, it's been national. It's got an international yeah. following. It's been in every magazine possible. And this is thanks to Glenn Merkett, of course. You know, this, I, I'm, not, I'm not going to say anything else, but it's thanks to Glenn Merkett because he's such a visionary and like this you know, is the first mosque he's ever done as well, isn't it's it? It's the first mosque, and um, and like I did, like I did put in a lot of effort and I designed it with him. But if it wasn't for him, like it wouldn't have gotten a world platform. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. We're, we're commercial, you know, commercial designers. We're not, you know, we're not like him. And um, so because of that, the 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 Saudi. Um, um, uh, Abdul Latif um, Al Fawzan Awards um, discovered the, the project, so I get this phone call um, from Sydney saying, "Look, we're from from this organisation. Um, 
we've we've shortlisted your project, yours and Glenn's project, into um, the the awards. Can wow. you please give an interview um, on this this particular day? Said, and we're interviewing Glenn. I said, of course, you know, that's great. So why not? So um, so that happens. They they do the interview and everything else, and then last year, um, no, sorry, this year in February, I get a phone call, early February, and uh, from from the, the, the from Saudi, it was a it's a WhatsApp thing, and um, it wasn't a phone call, so it was a message saying you're shortlisted to to become uh, as a, a possible winner. We would like you to. Fly. We want to fly you up to Saudi. Um, can you um, send us your passport? Subhanallah. And I thought, are you serious? Like, you know what I thought though? It was a scam. It's a scam. You <laughs> <laughs> want my passport? You want my passport? <laughs> I said, look, can you actually uh, thank you? And I didn't want to say anything negative because something like that happened to me a while ago. That's why it's in my mind. Um, and I said, can you actually just email to me rather than WhatsApp? Because I, I, we can't work off WhatsApp, WhatsApps. Like we need, to, you need to email me on a letterhead. I'm not going to share my, yeah, my, 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 you know, my ID with everyone. 100%. He rang me straight away. He said, look, I'm going to do that, brother. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you know, if I, I go, no, no, you didn't, you didn't offend me or anything. I just, just want to make sure that, you know, you can, there's, there's a certain procedures. And he said, yeah, I said, look, that's fine. So he did that. And, and they did send me a, a ticket. And um, they did um, a uh, – it was pretty exciting. So I get there and um, this event is huge. Like I've never been to Saudi either. Everyone's a beautiful – like everything's – everyone's friendly. Like I'm thinking <laughs> – Even our own conception here, subhanAllah, changes. Well, well, unless we travel. Unless we travel. You, we don't know until we travel. You don't know what you don't know. So as designers, as architects or whatever, travel. Like that's another recommendation. You have yeah, to travel. If you don't travel, you're never going to know. So um, – so I was really surprised. Even the the um, at the um, when you fly, you know, when you're going through um, Jeddah. No, no, no. Through, when you're going through the passport oh. control, like the ladies there, like they're all smiling. They're saying, "Can I help you, sir?" Like, you know, if you don't, can you do this? Can you do that? like they're very friendly. Like <laughs> you're thinking going to a third world country. <laughs> well, no, I was thinking like, they're going to be really aggressive because I come to Australia. They don't even, in Australia, they don't even look at you. They, they give you the, the the other look. You know, <laughs> what are you? You're back again. <laughs> So um, yeah. so we did that, and they, they they picked me up, and they took me to like it was a nice hotel, and um, the um, <laughs> the event was massive, like massive, and uh, and I thought, oh my god, I thought I was just gonna like possibly like maybe two twenty thirty people maybe, but there was about a thousand people at this place. Oh, like wow. they had this massive like red carpet walk and the whole lot, and and wow. I'm thinking, oh my god, but luckily, the day I get there. Um, um, one of the 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 the, the 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 members of the 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 Al Fawzan community says to me, "Look, um, can you please keep this confidential? Because you know um, we need we we can't spoil the like the um, you know spoil the surprise and everything else." I said, "Yeah, what are we talking about?" He said, "You you and Glenn has won the award." Oh and wow! I, and Glenn didn't go, so I'm on my own, right? Oh. And uh, I said, "Really?" He said, "Yes." He said, "You you actually won the award," and. Um, but you can't tell anyone because, you know, we're only telling you because you have to make a speech. Oh, no. <laughs> get ready. <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll get there, this massive screen behind me. I'm not kidding. This screen behind me would have been at least 25 metres, you know, width by, you know, Whoa. three metres, five metres in height. Like, it was massive. Like, and then they said, look, we, we can't start the ceremony until the, the two Riyadh princes come um, to the event because um, – They'll be handing the award. I go, what? Like the princes are coming to, 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 oh, to wow. so, hence the photo. Hence the photo. And uh, so I gave my speech. Um, 
the, 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 the screen behind you? No, that's the screen of the, the mosque behind me. Yeah. But that was just part of it. Like, it was massive. Like, they yeah, had the whole thing. Inshallah. And um, from there on, they actually took me to um, uh, in, uh, like an international tour. So they said, look, you know, we'd like you to speak uh, around, you know, different parts of the world, which I did. And then, uh, and then in, um, uh, it's not that long ago in, in June, they called me again. They said, look, can we fly you up? We want you to talk at the, uh, the, Arch- the, um, the International Architects Congress. Amazing. And, and I, was, I was about to say no. Because I thought the best of the best is going to be there, and I'm going to be talking. What am I going to be talking about? You know. And uh, I spoke to Glenn. I said, Glenn, I said, look, you know, this. They want me to do this. What do you think? He said, You're ready. You can do what. Like, you do. You can be amazing. You, you can do this. You know, you should do this. You have to do this. Where's Glenn from? He's from Sydney. Oh, he lives in Sydney. He lives in Sydney. So, um, so anyway, so I end up being flying to this con- this to this meeting and uh, not to to the congress and. We have like all the professors of architecture there. We have all the critiques there and everyone else there. And what then, a great network. And then I start, like, I had to do my talk, which I didn't, uh, it, it was well. Was your teacher the guy who told you never be an architect there? Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know what happened with him? You know the funny thing happened with him? <laughs> Years later, so I'm not, a, I'm still starting my, like, I've, I've probably got about five or six people working for me. I see him at Chatterton Shopping Center. Yeah. He's oh, sitting wow. there and he says, How can I said, Mr. Lee? And he said, what are you up to? I said, look, you know, I'm working. I've got my own practice now. I go, what are you doing? He goes, I'm still at the uni. And I said, oh, good. I said, I, I shouldn't have done this. Sometimes I, <laughs> I gave my let, Your pride wouldn't let you. You pulled out the business card. <laughs> I took out the business card. I said, hey, obviously, if you're ever looking for work, you can always contact me. I, I feel bad. You know what I feel bad about, though? Right <laughs> a few years later, again from there, I actually was reading the paper, and he, it was on the front page that he actually passed away through oh, a. Um, oh. He actually had a, a ski accident, and he hit his head on a on a on a tree, and and he passed oh, away. So, Allah. but you know, like, <laughs> why do I do these things? Sometimes? Like, this is what I'm trying to say. I actually feel I never forget these things. I actually feel hurt that I, I did that. Like I'm yeah. thinking, I shouldn't have done that. I reminded you of it. I shouldn't have done that, like, you know. But I did. <laughs> so you're there now. You're there with all the elites. and Yeah, it was just a, an incredible um, journey with these. But I, I was invited to, um, uh, uh, I forgot his name now, but another prince's house uh, to have dinner. And um, he was the first um, Saudi prince that actually um, was part of NASA and actually flew to the moon and back. Like, not, you know, yeah. they did an orbit thing. Um Lovely guy. So went to his house, had dinner there. Like it was just beautiful. Kind of like isn't it? Amazing how success opens the doors to so much more, isn't it? Really? Oh, it, well, it does. And like you know, and, and you know what I'm bringing it all back down to now. Like I'm thinking, um, if it wasn't for my mosque projects that I didn't really want to do anymore, like I probably I wouldn't have had this opportunity. Like, I really wouldn't have. I would have been your like I was doing well in Hamdulillah. I'm not saying that I wasn't, but. It, it taught. It, it actually gave me the experience to, to to go through this other journey that I thought I would never. Like I sometimes yeah. pinch myself. Like I kind of levelly actually spoke at you know, <laughs> and there was other Australian architects there. Like they just came to visit, and I know them, and oh, wow. and they're like, oh, look, you're talking today. We're gonna actually come and you know, and then I think, wow, like you know. I was, a, I was a rock Amazing. star for the day, you know. Amazing. I'm back down to planet Australia. <laughs> we, need, we need your signature before you leave. <laughs> but so since then, like, you know, you know alhamdulillah, like, it's, it's been really great. The, the journey's been amazing and, you know, it's been totally fulfilled. Um, I love my It's all about that journey. Isn't it amazing? Can, can, can I do more? I'm sure there's going to be a, another amazing things come. 
if it doesn't, I really don't mind because my, my thing was, um, especially having a child, I'm very sentimental, was to be able to have a, I've been collecting stuff for her um, in, in a box, like my journey. So, um, so I thought, you know what, the box is full. And oh. uh, no, I still got a lot to offer. But, you know, I'd like to do other things maybe as Gonna well. going to get you a bigger box, don't worry. There's oh. <laughs> <laughs> always a bigger box to fill, inshallah. Right? But, but I think I really do believe that coming from, you know, if we start at the beginning of the story, coming from, you know, uh, from Turkey to, you know, as a, as a baby to, um, you know, Collingwood Housing Commission to be able to well, go through you know, bankruptcy, then from there on, you know, Hanalab. be able to practice, you know, and, 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 you know, do amazing, you know, beautiful projects. Um, one of the other projects was, um, and, and I'm just saying this to inspire the kids um, or, or the next generation designers or anyone really, networking in a positive way is the best thing that you can ever do. Amen. Amen. You, could be the, you could be the worst in your field, but if you're the best networker, you can get the best jobs. Amen. Like you really can. I've got friends who are amazing, talented architects that can't, like they don't know how, what I'm doing. They, they just, they're still working from home. Yeah, right? yes. And they're still that. putting, trying to put food on the table because the architectural world, unfortunately, doesn't pay you like the lawyers. They actually pay you a lot less, like half the price, right? Yeah. So for some unknown reason. Wow. So networking is really big, and and, and my life has been all about people, and I love talking to people. So my one of my stories is I'm I'm in Paris. Um, just gave a just gave a um, speech, and this is not that long ago. Um, did a seminar in 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 Paris, and I'm flying to Istanbul um, before I come back to to um, to Australia, and I was going to stay in Turkey for like probably about you know, a week or two weeks or whatever. So one of the the things that I try to do is, you know, we we do drive nice cars and we do have nice watches and we do have nice clothes and we do. It's not because you want to show that off. It's purely it's, it's a marketing tool. I call it as a because in my business, if you're not known to have good clothes, you're not successful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. Was... I don't know why, but that's why, right? Because yeah. I remember once I drove to a meeting with my with my father. He, he used to drive an old van, and um, I took and my car was. Um, had an accident, I couldn't drive. So I drove the van to, and I was meeting the client for the first time on his side. And, uh, and, I, and, he, and, he, and he looked at me. First thing he said was, is that what you drive? <laughs> I don't want to deal with a loser. I didn't hear back from him. I actually didn't hear back from him. I thought, okay. You should send him his business card. <laughs> So I learned, I said, this car, like, is yeah. perception, but having an office at 5101 Collins Street that I don't even own, I got a, I got a little pager that calls me when there's a meeting on that, uh, that people believe that. that. Unfortunately, look, unfortunately, um, it's unfair, yeah. but it is right now. It's, you don't, that doesn't mean, human condition, but this does not mean, and, and please like the audience that's listening, if they are, yeah. um, it doesn't mean you go and get a big debt to buy these exactly, things. Yeah, you don't yeah. do this. You, you, you do it gradually, yeah? Yeah, 100%. We, we're in the process of talking to Saudis to do our first project in Saudi. Oh, wow. uh, you know, alhamdulillah, we've got you know, three offices in from Collingwood days. I'm, I'm only bringing this up because of Collingwood <laughs> days, yeah? So yeah. from there, we've got you know, three offices in, in, in uh, China. Sure. Um, and with all partners, of course, it's not just me. We've got a good good team of people around yeah, me, and, uh, and we've got a lot of beautiful people around us supporting us. Bless your family. That's beautiful. Amazing all of us. Amazing story. 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 Am
Amazing. And I think that even when you when a, when a door is closed, I think it's it's like it's my dream. Like you know, it's close that door. Yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't. You could lose everything, yeah. but there was something behind that that actually needed to be closed. Yeah, you mean, know, yeah. and, and this is something that I really believe in. Like, slams, You're right. Like, wake up. Allah, <laughs> no, there's I, so much messaging in that, man. Yeah, well, I even told my the next day with that dream, I actually woke up. I said, I said, I said, did you guys hear that door slam? I go, I go, what door slam? I go, no, no, door slammed. Someone was in the house. Who, who, who did it? My father goes, you're dreaming or something. I go, well, I was dreaming, but like, it felt so real it feels to real, me. Yeah, it's Allah. We've all had those dreams that have felt. And, and that was, I'm talking, that was 23 years ago, yeah? Allah. I still got it. Like, I still, I'm carrying that still. Allah, Beautiful, beautiful journey. Thank Allah. you for sharing. Uh, normally, we always end the podcast on a I am statement. I didn't word you up on it, but we <laughs> normally end uh, on a I am statement from every uh, podcast attendee. So, so normally, um, Ahmed's one's very nice. So he'll tell you his. So my I am statement is: I am a student who aims to be of benefit. And so for you, I'd like to hear your I am statement, inshallah. <laughs> I suppose I'm I'm a believer, and I like to to provide. Alhamdulillah, Allah akbar. That's amazing, amazing. It actually follows your story. Alhamdulillah, Allah berik, and Allah bless we you. We appreciate bro. you coming down. We appreciate you sharing those stories. Uh, inshallah, maybe we'll get you to design something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, we've got dessert scape coming soon, so we've got a dessert bar that we're building currently. Inshallah, <laughs> now we know you can do this kind of stuff. Well, we I mean, all of our, our projects are small or large. It's all, our, our projects are only purely based on our clients and and the the passion behind it. Allah, we don't Allah, care about anything Allah, else. Allah, Allah, so, how, how can anyone find you? So, if we want people to find, you know, looking for an amazing architect like yourself, how, how would they find you? Well, Elevely Plus is our company name, so we're, we're on the uh, on the net, and nice. um, so you can probably just find our website. They can contact you. <laughs> Done. <laughs> we'll refer. Done. And, awesome. and, and, and and if there's any organisation out there that wants um you know to talk to the youth or what, I'm happy to do that as well. well. Yeah, so that's something that I would like to give as well. I think it's, you got to you got to do that, and I do that with some schools that we we like to talk at some schools. I mean, I mean, we do because uh, I think that for me, like really, like. Our future is um, really important to me, amen, and, I, and I don't want to lose not even one. Like, amen. You know, Hello, so. Thank you very much. Thank you for sharing. Thank, Thank you everyone for Thanks. listening. An amazing story. Uh, just like to remind everyone, please do not forget to like, share, and comment. Uh, we would love some questions. If you have any questions to Brother Hakan, if you'd like to ask some questions of him, we're more than happy to take questions on YouTube, uh, and we can get those questions to him, and he'll answer them for you. And maybe inshallah we might have him again on another podcast where we can sort of get those answers and stuff like that. So after he builds that uh, Paris house, I can share some photos in, <laughs> I mean, but, but not the address. <laughs> Allah Allah so stay safe, guys, and uh, we end. I think inshallah today. Maybe we can just make a dua for our brothers and sisters in Palestine, and I mean, I mean. and uh, inshallah may Allah subhanahu wa taala protect them and bless them, and uh, Allah subhanahu wa taala stop all this ugliness that's happening. Amen. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.